Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You believe in him. You believe he's the Messiah. But you're not following him. See, if there's no fruit of repentance, there's no proof of salvation. We never are saved by good works. But he's going to follow Jesus because he wants to be around him. And you need to understand, knowing about Jesus and having a relationship is two different things. Now, you know who blinds you to that truth in our world today? Satan. And he blinds millions of so-called Christians who are not really followers of Christ at all. In society, we see people who claim to be religious or even to be Christians, but whose lives don't look like what Jesus said his followers would be like. The New Testament over and over warns believers to check their lives and make sure that they're living like followers of Christ should be living. Pastor Mark will be teaching on this point, differentiating between someone who goes to church and someone who is pursuing Jesus. We would do well to listen attentively to what is said and to evaluate ourselves to be certain that we're living as faithful followers of Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke, chapter 18, with part two of his message, What Do You Want God to Do for You? See, Jesus and all that he does should be the talk of our towns. And the only person that can do that is you and me. As we read, Satan blinds the spiritual eyes of unbelievers so they can't see it. But God can open those blind eyes. And the reason he opens it is because we have spoken about it. Now, remember, our mandate is to put people in touch with God by talking about the goodness of God. Don't forget that. I'll come back to it. Now, verse 38. Look at it again. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus called Jesus the son of David. What was that? It was a title for the Messiah. So see, he had heard not only about Jesus, but he probably heard what was said in Nazareth. He was the long-awaited Messiah. Now, what's very interesting is this. Here's a blind man. (laughs) He can't see. And standing around him all over Jericho are the Jewish religious leaders who have 20-20 vision. But they're totally blinded. They don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. A blind man believes he's the Messiah. Hello. Outside these walls, same, same. Many religions, obviously Muslims and many other cults don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. 
I want to tell you this morning, he is our Messiah. Now, there's no name under heaven whereby a man can be saved except the name Jesus Christ. Now, this, this blind man knew it. And when you see that, when he makes this announcement, he, Jesus, look at verse 39. And those who were led, who led the way, in other words, lots of people were obviously with Jesus going to Jerusalem. They rebuked him and they told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, hey, son of David, have mercy on me. We see something. He has persistence. He knew that Jesus could do something. He doesn't know, but we know this is the last time Jesus will be in Jericho. He'll never be there again, ever. He doesn't know that. He's just persistence. Now, why were the people shouting? Shut up. You're a blind man. What do we care about you? That's not going to do you any good. Just leave Jesus alone. He's got better things to do. Not at all. See, he knew that Jesus cared for people. Now look at verse 40. I wanted to look at the first two words. And Jesus said with me. He stopped. He stopped. He didn't keep walking. He stopped. Now when you see that, who's he going to stop for? How many people is he going to stop for? Just hold your finger up. How many? Just one. That should remind you of something. We'll talk about it later. So he's going to stop. No matter what the other crowd says. Come on, just keep going. Jesus didn't have time to stop. He's going to stop at this one man. Here's my question to you this morning. And I want you to answer it as a Christ follower. Look at on the overhead. Do we stop and engage when God opens a door of ministry? Now remember, Jesus is in Jericho. And he's going that way because God directed him to go that way. He always directed his life. Remember, one day God said to Jesus, you need to go to Samaria. And he went to Samaria. Well, he's been directed by God. And God wants to direct us to an open door. Because Jesus is going to minister to this one person. This one person. I want to show you how that works. And I don't want you to mistake me about the issue. It's not my issue. But Jesus stopped for the one person. On Thursday, I was at Wusthof here in Melbourne. And I hadn't been to that place. Well, I've never been there really as a patient, obviously. But I hadn't been there for three years ministering to people, whatever. Other people go now and do the, the thing. So I walked in. And before I left and had my test that I had to have, I met six different people in the hospital in an hour and a half. And I walked in, the receptionist, she looked at me and went, Pastor Mark, what are you doing here? So I began talking with her. She'd only been there recently, new. And while I'm talking to her, I just move away. A guy from around the corner who's working at the hospital. Pastor Mark, what time's that radio station that you're on every day? I can't figure it out. I had to tell him it was at 12 noon and 91.5. As I'm waiting for my test, I'm sitting at, you know, one of those buzzers, whatever. I'm waiting. I go, okay, this is going to be a long day. And there's no food involved either. It's just me. Okay. (laughs) And so I'm waiting and I'm sitting like this and somebody turns around in front of me and says, Pastor Mark, 
She was waiting for a relative. And we began to, I talked with her 15, 20 minutes. And she's telling me all that God had done in her life and how God had changed her life and how amazing it was. And I went, wow, that's really encouraging because I didn't know her. And of course she knew me because she sees me on the screen or whatever. So I got up and I kind of went over to the department that I was going to and, and said, uh, does this work? I didn't say that. I, I just said, how much longer? She said, oh, it won't be much longer at all. I said, good. Well, I'm walking this way. And here comes, uh, I don't know if she was a nurse or a director of a department or whatever. She goes, Pastor Mark, how are you? And I just love the church. And she says, I want to show you our prayer room. I said, that's cool. I got time. I got buzzer with me. Walk over to the prayer room. And she closes the door. She said, will you pray for me? I said, no, I'm too busy waiting for this sucker to go off. (laughs) Of course not. I laid my hands on her. And pray for her. And she wept. Now you think that I'm there by accident? With all of these things? It's not about my name. Well, I got done, walked out. And she said, oh, here comes somebody. And I said, okay, who? That's the administrator. He walks up. Pastor Mark, how you doing? (laughs) I want to have lunch with you. Okay. Then I go. And I'm, I'm just thinking, God, this is amazing. And I go back, and the thing's, mm, okay. And I walk back in, going to have my exam. Doctor walks in. He's been late, and uh, he's just busy. He walks in, and he's reading stuff, and he goes, hey, good morning, Pastor Mark. <laughs> he's a physician that comes here. You know what I prayed that morning? God, I want your favor. And look at the, look at the doors God opened. It's not about me. The next morning, Linda, I went to see a movie, came out of the movie. I went to the car and she had brought her car. So she was near me and a lady walked up with a young girl and she just stopped me. She said, Pastor Mark. I said, yes. And she said, I used to go to church, but I've fallen away. So I just encouraged her. I said, come on home. God wants you back home again. And as I began to thinking, okay. God, you're doing something in people's hearts. For her to stop me and say, I've got away from God, that's, that's hard to say sometimes. So I get done with that, prayed with her, just encourage her. Went to Lucky's, had to pick one thing up. I'm walking by Lucky's in the aisle. And there's somebody over here with dem- demonstrating some kind of new product. I don't know what it was. Wasn't interested. Just walked by. Pastor Mark! Okay. Full-time chaplain, full-time store guy. I don't know what. (laughs) And he says, my family and I used to come to church. I said, really? When did you start? When you were in Meadow Lane School. That's about 20 years ago. But we haven't been to church in a long time. I said, well, your kids must be like this. He said, no, my grandkids are like this. My kids are like this. I said, thanks for making me feel really young. Okay. And I said, well, what happened? I just got away from the Lord. And I said, well, you need to come back home. I didn't condemn him or anything. And uh, he said, I've got this business and I've developed this new product. And they always want me to demo it on Sundays. I said, but we have a Saturday night service that we didn't have then. (laughs) And, And then I said to him this, do you know why I'm here today? It was not to pick up the two items I need. 
God sent me by, and I didn't even know it, to encourage you. He still loves you. Come on home. And then I stopped, and I said, God, would you bless his business? And I asked that you would soften his heart to come back home to you. And I walked and finished my shopping. See, when Jesus was there, he stopped. That's what God wants to do in your life. It's not about a pastor. It has nothing to do with that. Of course, people know me. But there are people in your neighborhood, at work. This last two and a half weeks, we have had eight funerals. Eight. All ages, young to old. See, in your neighborhood, there's people dying. At work, there's people getting a divorce. They're sick. They're hurting. And you and I need to pray. God, just open the door and I'll stop. And I'll just pray over them. I'll encourage them. I'll do whatever you want. That's why we're here. It's about people. It's about people. And we need to touch them. Now, when you see all that happening, look what Jesus does. How's he going to respond to this blind man calling him? And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. Look at verse 40. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, this is a crazy question. What do you want me to do for you? Now, why would you ask a blind man? Would you like me to tie your shoe? I mean, why would you ask him, what do you want me to do for you? And look what he says. Lord, I want to see. Jesus' question is odd. But here's all he wanted. Jesus knew the blind man needed healing. But he was going to build his faith by asking him to be specific and state his need. The blind man was confident that Jesus had the power to heal because he'd heard of his reputation. And he says, I want to see. Now write this down. Look how complicated it is. No, it's not complicated at all. It's simple. Here's what he says. Lord, I want to see. His prayer was short. It was right to the point, specific, and it was full of faith. That's prayer. Short, specific, right to the point, and full of faith. I know you can meet this need. And verse 42, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Jesus' response is just as short. Receive your sight. In fact, receive your sight literally in the original language. Here's what Jesus said to him. If we were there in in Aramaic or whatever it was at that point, here's what Jesus said to him. Watch this. See. That's all it was in the original language. See. Wow. He'd never heard that word before in his life. I can't see. See. And when Jesus said those words, what is verse, the first word in verse 43? Tell me. Immediately. He received his sight. Immediately. One word from Jesus brings instantaneous healing. That's supernatural. Let me finish the verse for you. And immediately he received his sight. And Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thank you. Give me a high five. And I'll see you sometime. I'm going to go and enjoy life now. This is fantastic. Thank you for healing me so much. 
Look at the verse. Is that what happened? No. Look what it says. He praised God. And then what did he do? He followed him. What do you just see? A physical healing and a spiritual healing. For many years, we've been using the term Christ follower. Now, Christian is a great term, but people are so confused by that. Are you going to heaven? Of course, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. That's not the question. When you watch Jesus, he didn't say to his disciples, be a Christian, join a church. Nothing wrong with joining the church. Be a Christian. No, what did he say to his disciples? Follow me. It's a personal relationship. Christianity is not just an event of salvation. It's following him. So this man goes, I'm going to follow you. Can I ask you this morning? Some of you are here. You're going to be shocked on judgment day. Because you know Jesus. But you just know about him. You believe in him. You believe he's a Messiah. But you're not following him. See, if there's no fruit of repentance, there's no proof of salvation. We never are saved by good works. But he's going to follow Jesus because he wants to be around him. And you need to understand, knowing about Jesus and having a relationship is two different things. Now, you know who blinds you to that truth in our world today? Satan. And he blinds millions of so-called Christians who are not really followers of Christ at all. So when you see happening there... Here's what you and I need to pray this morning. Open our eyes, God, to see that nothing is impossible with God. With one word, see, he was healed physically and spiritually. Sins forgiven. And he followed Jesus Christ. That can happen to you. Remember the thief on the cross? How how long was this prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And here he goes. No, he said, uh, you must be the Messiah. Remember me. And Jesus said, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. Boom, done, finished. How simple. Short, right to the point, and the supernatural healing of God to a thief on the cross, the same. Now, verse 43, that's not the end of it. Look at the last part of verse 43. And when all the people saw it, what did they do? They also praise God. See, one blind man causes many other people to go. By the way, these would have been the same people that shot him up. Whoa, they start praising God. Now, that brings up something that you should be well aware of. VIO, the value and impact of one person. Let's dissect what we've studied. What was the value of Jesus so far in this story? Was there any value to what Jesus was doing? Did I lose people? I mean, he didn't go have an in and out burger. I mean, did I lose people? What was the value? A blind man was healed how? Spiritually and and physically. Now, the value and the impact, what would that impact be of the blind man? We already saw the initial impact. He's praising God. He's following God. What's the next impact? The crowd is doing what? Praising God. 
Now, when he would go to Jerusalem and then come back after Jesus is dead and raised, goes to heaven, he comes back to Jericho. Think any impact in this town? When he walks in, there, there's the blind guy. Man, he was healed by Jesus. You're right on, baby. I heard you. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's worth following. Do you get it? That's why we're here. And you and I have to understand that God does amazing things in our lives for one reason. Write this down. Our changed lives help to open the eyes of believers and unbelievers. That's the VIO. Changed lives bring faith to people who go, well, if you changed, I can be changed. Exactly right. Now, I can't change anybody. You can't change anybody. But God can. Anyone, any situation in their life. Now, I want to make this personal to us. If Jesus was walking down the aisles this morning, by the way, he's here. Jesus is in the house. And he stopped at your seat and asked you, what do you want me, Jesus, to do for you? How would you respond? Or maybe tomorrow morning while you're having your quiet time and you're writing down. And all of a sudden you sense God speaking to you. And he basically says, "Um, what can I do for you? How would you answer it? How would you answer it today or tomorrow morning? When Jesus actually says this to your spirit. I know some of you are saying right now, Pastor Mark, really? You can try to make that personal, but there's no way God's interested in me. He's got like, billions of people out there and he is just too busy to ask me the question or even to meet my need. Well, can I kindly just say to you, I'm going to prove you wrong. Here's what I want you to write today. We as Christians, Christ followers, we forget this all the time. Notice God is a personal God who wants to bless us and meet our needs. He's a good God. He knows we have needs that need to be met. Now, let me show you how personal God is. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We are never alone. Now, Satan will say, yeah, God's not interested in you. He's off somewhere else with somebody with a greater need. No, my friend, you're wrong. That's personal. But I like the next one even more. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He hates the detail of their lives. Is that what it says? He what? Say it with me. He delights. He delights in every detail of your life. We were reminded in today's message that just because you have physical eyes that work doesn't mean you can't be blind to some things. Pastor Mark reminded us that God's ways aren't man's ways. One of the important things we were told in this teaching is that Jesus values the individual, even to the point of ignoring the crowd. Internalize that. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
to add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next message, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching in Luke chapter 18. He will expand his point about Jesus valuing the one, the individual. We will be told that each one of us, though part of the collective human race, is seen by and wanted to be known by God one by one. That is an amazing and humbling thing to contemplate. God is so kind to us. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.